This is way right. I mean, this is way right. This is wow. 100 yards right. Two perfect shots, Michael. Got me in the water on one and over the green on the other. The ball itself has its own energy or life force, if you will. Its natural environment is in the hole. So why don't you send them home? His bags are packed. He's got his airplane tickets. Bring him to the airport. Send him home. us for episode 82 stouts here joined by the short-sighted one himself mike top 100 timmy excited to talk some golf with you fellas. there's there's a youth movement this week that made some history the roar has been restored not only by the detroit lions but rory claims another victory in dubai and of course transgender golfing is now a thing so we'll touch on all these things uh this is this covering this sport never gets to Gets you know too old, never gets unexciting, does it, fellas? No, when you're talking about the Lions, I just you know Nick Dunlap wins as an amateur for the first time since 1991. The Lions go to the NFC championship for the first time since 1991. And I just want to make a point to everybody out there that may be a Minnesota sports fan and might not be. I don't know. But you need to understand the depths of our despair because if you don't count the links, which we'll count them, but if you don't count the links, in men's professional sports, 1991, that same time, same year, was the last time Minnesota had a professional sports championship. Now, Cat Cat is trying for the Wolves tonight. He's got 62 points. He had 44 at halftime. But they're going to lose to the freaking Hornets, which is typical Wolves. Sam, you can't comment on any Packers things. We're gonna we're gonna move on before you. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Well, yeah, I think no, we we hold our tongues. We know it's a hard time. You go yeah. ahead. You pay Jordan Love that fifty million for his uh, under two hundred yards passing and two picks in the second half. You go right ahead and pay him fifty million. You get get used to salary cap hell like the Vikings are currently in the fucking oldest team in the NFC North and the highest paid and the worst. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Break 80 news. <laughs> Finally <laughs> accurate. Well, <laughs> this podcast is always amateur hour, but is actually more amateur out in California as Nick Dumlap whips the Amex in nerve-wracking fashion. Um, as Mike said, first one to win win since 1991 Philly Mick but then the also the youngest in over a year, 100 years at the age of 20 so also kind of in the history books for that um you know I don't know about you guys but making a six foot putt trying not to think ahead of what this putt could do for my future for me would be really hard to stay in the moment I think that's what is so fascinating about I've always been the advocate of the, the PGA Tour style of things because this is kind of what where it puts my mind it puts me in this position of how nerve wracking, how much this putt means in terms of future of stuff. And yes, he could maybe just sign it, live and just call it good. But then does he, you know, then it's, it's kind of like he's, he's got his bread and doesn't really need to to do much after that. So that's where it's like, I just found myself putting myself, find found myself putting uh, myself in his shoes and just thinking about what this putt could mean. And, and the fact that he just nailed it dead center is a testament to him, and he's had already some nerve-wracking. Uh, you know, I think the the AM that he won as well. The um, was that the Mike? What did he win again? He won the USM. USM. 
USAM, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the guy's been in some pressure situations. Um, you know, we talked about who's like a future guy that we could get excited about playing on a Ryder Cup or, you know, and this might be one of our guys. So what do you guys take away from the Amex? Um, well, here, before we get into that, the biggest single move in the official world golf rankings in the history of the rankings. Nick Dunlap went from 4,129th to 68th. He moved up over 4,000 points. Tim. Currently, he's ranked probably ahead of Bryson. Your thoughts? Uh, one, that putt didn't mean much at all because there was no money on it. He couldn't have kept his $1.5 million earnings if he okay. wanted to with Hold his amateur on, status. That putt, that just putt a putt meant, with the boys out there. That putt meant a ton. He got a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour. By yeah, but he was, already on, he was already on the, the PGA Tour U program. So he was already... Yeah, but- but Guaranteed the PJ Tour U is not a two-year exemption. He got literally two years fully exempt. I'm assuming he withdrew this week. For, he was supposed to play the Farmers on a sponsor's invite. He withdrew to go back to college. I'm assuming he's saying his goodbyes and just going to hop back on the PGA Tour. Why would you not? Unless Liv is going to pay him an obscene amount of money, which you never know they could, uh, because he... Um, you know, the only thing that would have, that, like, let's say he got second or something. Uh, well, yeah. Or the olden days, he would have, you know, not got to play in the Masters unless he st- kept his amateur says, but they've changed those rules now. So he can turn pro and still play in the Masters because of this victory. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's a stud. He's like a virtuoso. He shot 59 when he was 12. Here's, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking, boys. America's back, baby. Finally. Finally, there's some young talent coming out of the good old USA. Uh, and for there, it was looking like everyone young was coming from from overseas, coming for the title. We weren't going to have any U.S. Open winners that were American-born anymore for the next 10 years. And here's here's Dunlop just showing us that there's still a way for this I mean, scrappy young nation to, you to gotta keep its, think its titles. He's nails mentally, right? Because he... Slept on a big lead. He slept on like, what was he, like a four-shot lead or something, a three-shot lead. And then he made that terrible, terrible double or triple where he hit right in the middle of the water. And he was behind at one point, and then he chipped his way back and then uh, ended up, you know, I thought the putt was big. The chip was even better. You know, he got kind of a lucky break. He flared it out to the right, hit the fans, and came down by the green, which we've talked about on this pod before. If that's a normal golfer, that thing doesn't kick down to, towards the green. It just stays up there, and it's even tougher. But the, the pros have it easy. They have fans you know, that are basically like guardrails. Um, the chip was great, superb. It was not an easy chip. Uh, but I think he's a guy who, if you look at the numbers, I believe he averaged 330 off the tee. You know, granted that PGA West and everything plays pretty fast. He's got the new, he had the new tailor-made driver in the bag. 330 off the tee. He's a good iron player. Really good clutch putter. Um, and I think mentally he's he's got it all there. I believe he had a really good quote of, um, what did he call it? Pressure is, um, what was he saying? He he or, said something. Yeah, what was it? He got it from, um, God, was it from, uh, it's from an old, old ladies golfer. I can't remember her name. Pressure. Yeah, I talked about it. Something about like, Ah, no, I, pressure I as a privilege. Yeah, pressure as a privilege. Yeah, and so he's like, you know what? 
Yeah, he's he he he's one of those guys who he admitted he was nervous, said pressure's a privilege. I have this, I'm in this position, you know, and I think that's good. He's so he's he's he handles that. He's from all accounts got a good head in his shoulders. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many golf gloves is he gonna get from from his club crash. I mean, how many how many golf gloves, how many Pro V ones will he get from all his club credits after winning? Yeah, his seven hundred fifty dollar <laughs> Pro Shop merch. Yeah. Just, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. Oh, fun. Yeah. I don't that's... Know, uh, uh, to me, you know what the crazier story was? I mean, obviously that's the biggest story. Sam Burns just went full eject on the last three holes. Did you, you guys watch that at all? He, he didn't Al- Alcatraz put him in jail, baby. God, was he bad. <laughs> if anything, you know who I really, you know, I really wanted to, to tweet out at and say, hey, Zach Johnson, you watching this guy that you paired with the best iron player in the world at the Ryder Cup who can't even hit it anywhere on the planet when it matters, you idiot. Did you? Speaking of Zach Johnson. You wanted 25th. to, but you restrained. You have self-control? Is that this is the year of self-control? I didn't. I didn't tweet at Zach Johnson. I lifted weights today. <laughs> I practiced. I hit, I hit some practice shots in the golf dome. It's a whole new me. Well, Zach, Zach was busy because as he placed 25th, the the reemergence of Zach Johnson has <laughs> has begun. You just can't put an Iowa man down. He was the day one leader. I think if anything says a tournament should be canceled or moved to a different course, it is the fact that Zach Johnson shot 10 under at a golf course still. Get off of La Quinta Country Club, wherever the hell they played it at. Wherever, whichever one he shot 10 under at should be banned from the tour forever. And I it's think- wild because the the Nicholas course and the uh, the PGA West, the the Pete Dye course, traditionally very difficult. I mean, you go back to the years of persimmon, Haskell balls. These were were tough penal courses, and now no, you know, PGA West is a cakewalk for those guys. They sh- it is now cake ball cake rollback. Walk. This could be a very very interesting interesting case for the the rollback to see what happens at a course like this. The only thing stopping those guys is pressure. If I can't break ninety on it, then it's then it's still hard. You should break ninety. It's wide open. It's not even. <laughs> it is tough. wide open. It's wide open. Like well, Alcatraz could get me. Yeah, but that hole is not even hard. Like you're going to be playing up a box. The one if and you're not going to have the pressure that Sam Burns said. That was a hundred and fifty three yard shot he hit in the water. He was hitting like a little, either a nine or a little. Knocked down eight with a little bit of wind. Like it's not like he was hitting that from two fifteen. It was short. He just flared the shit out of it. Um, I do like the I do like the look of the dormant Bermuda or whatever it is, the brown. You know, you can, it still plays. That's it's a cool look. I, I wish there was more courses like that. Well, it helps you really know where you're in the rough or the fairway. I mean, the color, the yeah. colors really knows helps you know. But uh, yeah, that was one of the stories. I mean the. The, the choke job of Sam Burns, and then not the fact that I mean, if you guys mentioned this, but he, you know, asked the bet on eighteen too. I mean, went in the water, back to back, doubled both of them. So, one of my guys tried to make a late run to get in a playoff there. Oh, the big birdie at eighteen. Vazadenhut, a chew, yeah, baby. He almost got in there. Yeah, I thought I have heard his name pronounced six different ways on on TV now. You got to be in the know, Tim. You got to be in the, in the inner circle. I, I don't think a lot of the announcers are. <laughs> well, actually, his story isn't he the one with the stutter. 
Yes, he is. Well, he got he well, accidentally yeah. ate rat poison when he was a kid, and then it ended up creating like a stutter. Interesting. None of those none of those announcers, Tim, put money on him to win the uh, to win the Open Championship when it when they were in Vegas. So they don't, they're not in the inner circle like I am. I think the other story to pull from this is the fact that the curse continues. Justin Thomas is winless since Tim basically tell, told him that he sucked. So <laughs> Justin Thomas cannot win the tournament. Um, the streak continues. And if we see him at the 3M Open again next year, that would be one year from uh, from him not winning a tournament. So He's we'll not going to be at the 3M. He's back. I'm calling <laughs> right now. He's not going to be at the 3M. If he's- Regardless if he's back or not, uh, Mike found uh, an excellent find online, a uh, a document containing most of the PGA Tours. Yeah, uh, we'll, be, we'll be emailing his agent to see if we can get him on the pod. <laughs> we, we got the agent's, agent's emails over here, and there's, see there's he, some interesting See if he wants to uh, take a shot at Tim on, on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever see anybody choke somebody through a Zoom screen, it'll happen on the... We'll make sure we get it on YouTube. Uh, I think he's back, though. Like, he struggled on Sunday. He hit a few really terrible, like he had a layup into the water with an iron on that one par five at the end. But his last, um, like four or five starts are all, you know, going back to the fall even or have all been pretty good, like top tens, top twelves. Um, so I think he's kind of back. He's he, he withdrew from the farmers because he only wanted to be in the top 30 to play at Pebble Beach next week because it's an elevated event. When's the last time, though, he had a really good Sunday when he was in position to to do something? I just feel like he hasn't, you know, he's put himself in spots where he could win a tournament, but he just doesn't really show up on Sundays. It's just kind of a, a trend here that I've noticed with him. Yeah, it could be. But here's the last four starts going back to the fall. Fifth, fourth, third, third. So I think he's I think he's found a little bit of something, you know, because he was terrible last year. Awful. It's just it's all about finding the right motivation. And if if you can find someone strong enough to stand up to you, <laughs> it, it really it really can set you on the right course. So, JT, uh, please don't send us any more cease and desist letters. And uh, you're welcome. Yep. Um. Yeah. So him and him and Xander, another guy that, again, just. You know, seems to finish quite high at times and doesn't come away with a lot of wins, but that's why they get to the uh, the world rankings that they've been to in the last five, ten years because they just know how to consistently finish in the top ten somehow, you know. not not you know, Winning is hard. I think everybody can explain that. Like, winning is really hard. I mean, you know, ask Scotty Scheffler now that he can hit the ball so well but can't make a putt. It's like one thing is not clicking – how do you manage that? How do you manage if you're not making putts that week? How do you manage if you don't feel confident getting up and down? How do you manage if you're struggling off the tee? How do you still put yourself in positions to, you know, top 10, top 20? Well, these guys are the best at, at it in the world. And that's kind of why they get, you know, world ranking you know, in, the, in the top five, top 10, just because they've, even when they don't have the rest off or when something's not clicking, they just know how to somehow get the ball in the hole at a, reasonable rate and it's usually not going to be enough to win if they don't have their best stuff but it's always enough to kind of get paid and get paid a lot Xander could win this week it's his hometown course where he practiced every day in high school 
at Tory um, Pines. And I was going to actually mention one more thing going off of that. Scotty Scheffler. Um, I had this feeling that he was just not going to have be close to winning this week. It's clearly a putting contest, and his putter's not great. Does any, Mike, do you know where he finished in terms of putting this week? He, I think he lost strokes to the field, right? Yeah, give me a second, and I can figure that out. I'm I mean, sure he, he's, I'm sure he's, he did. He's 17. It's, again, a great it's, – It's you know, he's another top 20. I think he – I can't remember the last time he's, I mean, last year, I think he only finished outside the top 20 only a few times, handful of times. So it's not a horrible week on a week that you have to just drain everything. I mean, these guys that are up up there were um, one of the hottest flat, flat sticks is basically why, why you're going to win this tournament. So like Mike said, it's pretty wide open off the tee. Like the rough is just, you know, dead Bermuda or whatever it is. And you can still hit out of it. I think the greens were fairly firm though at times, weren't they? I saw a lot of bounces, like big hops coming in. So I think some of them had probably had a little trouble trajectories or finding, you know, where to land the, the ball in order to get it to stop. I mean, I know that the Alcatraz one even has a pretty big hop forward. So trying to figure out what number to land it to hit through a back pin, for example. Um, I don't know. Right. I got it for you. Scotty Scheffler. Uh, finished T seventeenth at the American Express. He shot twenty one under, and he was negative point five four in strokes gained putting again. He actually well, that's not as bad as normal. So let's how about this? Here is his. If if you throw out the Hero World Challenge that didn't have a full field, he was. Let's see, his last. He has not been a positive gain and strokes gain since the travelers championship which is in june of last year when he was plus 0.19 so barely in the plus but barely plus he was actually plus 0.35 at the u.s open uh and plus 0.41 at the pga championship but most i mean you gotta go the last time Scotty Scheffler gained a stroke on the field, strokes gained putting, it only happened once last year at the Waste Management, which he happened to win. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he loses a lot of strokes putting. <laughs> All right. Well, Tim, I want you, before you go off the Amex, I want you to break this down. You, you are the guy that would say something like, well, the field can't be that great if an amateur wins it. Right? This is no live field. Um, uh, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> How I do you let an amateur win an elevated event? <laughs> uh, it wasn't elevated. Non, non, non elevated. Sorry, non elevated. So not elevated, but still has you. You got some talent. I mean, speaking of, he beat the world number one. I mean, can we at least give him props for that? My my thing is we we listened to other stories of Bennett and some of the other amateurs that have come up. We had the whole year of Blocky and. And suddenly there's there's another new guy who isn't new because he won the the uh, USAM that Mike hasn't claimed as his own. I wonder, is Mike's family shrinking? How did he not see this coming? Uh, you guys are I the like, deep cut guys. I'm not a big, you know, like Amish family kind of guy. We have to keep it small and tight. You know, I can't give up my boys yet, even though my, my firstborn, Cam Young, had a got passed by Rory at uh in Dubai but we'll keep we gotta keep a tight circle I, I don't 
the the thing with him is everybody knows he's like everybody knows Nick Dunlap's a stud. Like just look at his at his amateur resume. I don't think is it a is it a shock or a surprise that he won? Sure, but like it's bound to happen. I mean, these amateurs are getting better and better. I wouldn't be shocked if one of them wins a major at some point in time in our lives. Like they're getting better and better and better and they play so many tournaments and they get in i mean how many professional tournaments michael thorbjornson who tim and i saw at john deere he played again this week he'd been hurt that guy's played like he's played so many pga tour events already as an amateur because they get all these sponsors exemptions like they're fearless they don't get they're not afraid of anything and they're really good so and they hit it a long way i don't know i mean look at the live i will say this yeah, with with nil money, these these kids actually have money to move around to play and continue to play competitively on a tour where they're getting good graces through PGA Tour U. This could be the next four or five years could be unprecedented for how good amateur golf is in the pro ranks, because um, there's there's no real reason if you're able to make money through through nil to leave your college yet. To, to go try to do this grind when you can try to go do what, what Dunlap did and get, get status. I mean, he got status at no risk, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's not out there on his own yet. He, he's still got NIL money. He's still in school. He doesn't have to make this his full-time career job. Um, and I, I could see this really becoming a, a bit of a trend where we see the amateur game, much like the early 1900s, um, be formidable again to the pro game. All these Amateur. kids are I'm, so... I'm air quoting that because yeah, they're making plenty of money now. Um, but they're so polished. I mean, look at the Masters last year. Sam Bennett was right there for three rounds. He didn't fade mm-hmm. until the final round. And I mean, if you want to talk live, uh, um, what's his name that turned pro and went to live? Eugenio Shakara, whatever. He won one little event last year. He's young as can be too. Fresh out of college, he won an event. He's, I mean. These kids are fucking good. Like they're this is not like, you know, uh, you know, like when Tiger turned pro or whatever and or played some events. I mean, he was a one generational talent, but there's a lot of them now. You know, Gordon Sargent played a bunch of PGA tour events. I mean, there's a ton of talented kids. Um, so it's shocking, but not that shocking. I mean, it's obviously a big deal, but I don't know. I mean yeah, he's really good. I mean, he was before he won this one. He must be pretty. The farmers gave him a, an exemption a while back. You know, I mean, these guys are playing. And I mean, speaking of Liv, you put Nick Dunlap in Liv. He's already in the top half of the players. He's better than I mean Dick Bland and Martin Keimer. And no, Martin Keimer's won a major, but he's over. You know, he's already in the top twenty-four of Liv if you put him out there for sure, without question. You don't think, do you think if you asked John Rahm today, uh, who doesn't have a team fill out, hey, would you take Nick Dunlap on your team or a bunch of middle of the road pros? Uh, he's taken Nick Dunlap 100 out of 100 times because he's super talented and good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of them. There's so many kids that are good. It's crazy. I don't, I don't know if Nick Dunlap wins as an amateur on Live, though. If they, if, let's say, Liv had that as an option. I know that they don't. They would just pay him what he's worth. He'd come over and and retire early. But uh, I don't know if he does it. There's just 
there's this this level of villainry on Liv. There's this there's the shit talking aspect. Oh the, my the god, big dogs are living over there. You don't have Scotty Scheffler inviting you to prayer dinner. You've got you've got Brooks and you've got Bryson, you've got Patrick Reed, and you've you've got these guys that play these mental games when they when they go out and and play their final round. I I don't know if if it was if it was Sam if it was wasn't Sam Burns it was Brooks Kepka in that last round. I don't know if I don't know if Dunlap's pulling it off. Uh, maybe not. Kepka, I'll give I'll give you Kepka. He's a different animal when it comes to most things. <laughs> Patrick Reed doesn't scare anybody. Patrick Reed's wife scares people more than Patrick Reed does. That guy doesn't scare shit. Patrick uh, Reed scares the the tensile strength of those choker necklaces a lot. <laughs> Justin Reed scares you more than Patrick Reed. Yeah. But, wait, but do I'll we? Say, hey, wait. Do we have? Do we have his email? Do we have her email? <laughs> that's. It's not going to be. I don't know. It goes through Justine. Okay. <laughs> it's got it to goes through Justine. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say, you know, one of the things about amateurs too, and this goes with anything, you know, like when you're like 23, 24 years old in life, you take risks, right? You, you, you don't think too much about where your future is going to be when you're 50 or you don't think about, oh, if I make this financial risk, this is going to happen. You just kind of do it. That's what golf is like too. They don't have these scar tissues. They don't have like failures in front of people to, to really kind of haunt them at this moment. And like, so when, when he wins, you know, it's like, well, very amazing accomplishment. Like, that is surprising. You know, top 10-ing and things like that. I don't think anybody would be surprised. But getting the W and, and then now seeing how his, you know, career is going to be, which we can't really predict. But at some point, he's going to go through some – and let's not forget Sam Birds didn't really just – I mean, he has the bet. I mean, really, Sam Birds was the driver's seat, went double-double. I mean, you need help, too. Like, he got help. Right. He got help. He, he, you know, he, he did have to get up and down in 18. He, he did par 17, but the fact is Sam birds really shit the shit his pants. I mean, I, I hate to say that, that um, he, he did earn it, but in a way that's not, you know, bat somebody had a backup and you hate to kind of see that it's fun when somebody goes out and earns that, you know, not seeing somebody kind of make a disaster. Um, but with him not having any scar tissue yet, I mean, at some point, he's going to go through some adversity. He's going to have a bad round. He's going to, you know, blow something. He's going to, you know, something's going to happen. It's just the kind of the guys that are able to get through that is is what is your guys at your top 20 in the world, right? The guys that, you know, even Rory, we're going to talk about Dubai. I mean, the guy just absolutely melted down on, on 18 out of the 70, 72nd hole last week, comes back, bounces back, and wins. You know, like that's just what those elite top players do or they put themselves in position very often to do it again so we'll see how he how he reacts you know we'll see if, if he goes pro how he does on the big stages and you know maybe he pulls experience from this and all of a sudden goes on a rampage i, I mean i think it's too hard i think golf is too hard to do that these days i don't think he's going to go on this winning rampage i think scotty scheffler has proven you can be amazingly consistent and just not find wins but uh, we won't know. We won't know. There's it's a lot of futures out there for him that we just can't quite pinpoint. It, uh, I would be interested to see, listen to him speak some more down the road a little bit of what, how much pressure he really was feeling, you know, because like it was a win-win for him. At, once he got to in contention, even if Sam Burns had made a birdie or something and won, that's a win-win for uh, 
Dunlap because his NIL money is going to go through the roof. You know, is it his, his name was out there? He was on TV a bunch, and it was a win-win for him regardless. Um, obviously, it's much bigger to win and get those two years exemption, but yeah, he was coming out ahead either way. Well, let's head to Dubai. You know, we talked brought Rory up a little bit. Um, you know, kind of had a had a really really bad finish last week. You know, somehow he's able to just move on, and I think that's kind of what the best players do. I know Rory, when it comes to majors, might have a little bit of, uh, you know, ghosts in his head. But in Dubai, the dude loves Dubai. I mean, let's be honest. Guy wins in Dubai. I don't know how it fits his eye or what what the deal is. But he's he's one out there, and he wins another one. Again, guys had to back up for him to do it. I think that's the best kind of Rory. He loves to just kind of hang in there, get hot, come from behind, and let somebody else kind of – Fold, he gets a lot of wins that way. A lot of backdoor top tens, a lot of backdoor um W's, and that's kind of what he what he pulled off this week. Jeff, why is everything you say an innuendo and I just want to laugh? You know, you know, Tim, you are still young. You know, Mike and I were <laughs> wise younger years, we're past that kind of you know sophomoric humor stuff. Oh. Our maturity level is our maturity level is so much so, <laughs> so much, much higher. higher. No, I'm sorry. Just to you, the backdoor jokes are just unlimited with Jeff. Speaking of episode 82, Tim, well, uh, we were born, Jeff and I, in 1982. So we know you were born in, what, 2002 or something like that? 1990, all right? It's a good year. <laughs> 1990. Speaking of 182, I hear you're – it's not quite – but 182, or is that is that where your weight's approaching? Oh yeah, we're fat as fuck over here. I, this yeah, is I mean, this is the explicit episode, right? This is <laughs> so, Tim. By your by your own theory, Nick Dunlap weighs 180 pounds, and he yep. hit an average 330 off the tee. You weigh two pounds more and average 260 off the tee. I there's I a dis- 174. There's a, there's a disconnect here between. Between you and Nick Dunlap, when you're about the same weight, <laughs> we're we're gonna reshape this weight. Listen, all right. I was in your living room when Tels um, it, it forced you to start I'm a not, workout I'm program. I'm not running from my my own fatness. <laughs> I ain't running from it. You gotta tell bring that it. story. <laughs> bring it. You go right ahead. You bring it on. I think all three of us are running into our own fatness and trying to then get out of it. <laughs> it was a hard summer, boys. I don't know what happened, but suddenly I'm 20 pounds more than I usually am. <laughs> and I'm fat, I have all these as, custom I'm fat as hell right now. I'm fat as hell right now. I went and, worked, I went and lifted weights tonight. You eat cheeseburgers every other day. It's just, or whatever you eat at, at Chili's. I mean. <laughs> the Chili's, it's not the Chili's. It's the Applebee's that gets you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm heavier set, but I will say this. I did, I did. Push a couple drives at Streamsong over over three bills. So there is that. And being a fat man now, I will say that you do feel connected. You can get that elbow right into that fat crease. So <laughs> slotted. So Carl like Pedersen. Carl Pedersen tried to drop weight and just didn't have the swings. Yeah, so, you know. I mean, it's you so, it, 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 when I was skinny, I couldn't get that elbow to necessarily touch the the torso. And now it's just it's connected. And I was looking at these El Campeon videos, getting these little draws. I'm like, yeah, my my belly's right there. That, that's an easy <laughs> elbow to get tucked in. Yeah. 
Oh man! Um, so I want you to—I want you guys to know that it's guaranteed that I'm losing weight by the summer because I sure as hell am losing a weight loss challenge to my fucking fiance. So I will oh, be. Is that what it was? I will be. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! I have—I have eaten nothing but protein today, and I lifted weights. So we are—we are in this thing to win this thing. That basement's going to be smelling nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Interesting. Well, I'm looking at the leaderboard here in Dubai, and there's some some very good names. I mean, this is a sneaky, decent tournament. You've got a lot of Ryder Cup guys, you know, Joaquin Neiman, even from the Live Tours out there, um, you know, getting a T4. Cam Young was the guy that had the, the lead going, I think it was a three-shot lead going into the final round. Um, Sad day. Mike's boy, Moronk, was one of the snubs, you know, from the Ryder Cup squad. He's, he finished in second. Um, Hoygaard, Adam Scott, other Hoygaard. Thornbjornsson, so really kind of a good cast of characters. I guess the one that's interesting is, do you guys remember Hong Town Lee? Yeah, of course. Remember him? I'm pretty Hong sure. Tom, yeah, good player. I'm pretty sure, well, good player, but I'm pretty sure like in the last year he has not made a cut. This is like his first cut in over a year. No, he shot some crazy high. He's won multiple times on the, D- on the European Tour, DP World Tour, but he went crazy AWOL, like, missed, like shooting incredibly high numbers for a while. Yeah, something was wrong. I mean, if you look, go back and look. I don't know how many, but I'm I'm pretty sure the entire year he either WD'd or, or missed a cut for a full year straight. So he he his top ten is got to be feeling pretty good on his wallet. He a pretty uh pretty skinny guy. How tall? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you just got to add twenty pounds. Get that elbow into the torso. You know. Yeah, it's you know it's a thing. Even Tommy Lad, you know, shot over par on Sunday. You know, he, he th- I wonder if he would have, you know, continued his his winning ways on Sunday, and he didn't really do much to to, to fight back. But um, well, yeah. probably he couldn't couldn't quite focus as much for Tommy because he's in his hometown. He lives in Dubai, so he's probably got to be at home with the kids and stuff. He doesn't get that on the road. Really? Hotel. It's a home home meet for him. He lives in Dubai. I'm not Dubai sure what course he it. Yeah, he's lived there for a couple of years. Who else lives there? I, I guess I don't. I'm not really in the times of who actually is a resident of Dubai. I'm not sure. Well, Fleetwood, Fleetwood is 100. percent He's been there for a few years. No one's technically a resident of Dubai. I, their residency uh-huh. rates like plenty. They're all, they're all they're all expats. All of them. They're they're all expats. He, de- he technically don't have citizenship, but for 190 thousand dollars, I can get a condo in Dubai that's way nicer than what I have here, and uh, <laughs> it's brand new. So, folks, if you're looking to expat. Rick Gady recommends Dubai. And I will say that whole number, I think it's whole number eight on that golf course. The more I, I used to not like it, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, this is one of the coolest damn tee shots in the world where you have the skyscrapers in the background. It's pretty sick. Is that uh, the one where you showed uh, the slow-mo of Tommy Fleetwood's? Fleetwood, yeah, on Instagram. And then there's there's some better ones, but like you, you hit it right into these giant skyscrapers in the backdrop. It's pretty cool. Rory bombed a few and, and Cam hit like the craziest, like 300 and some yard drive that went 59 yards high. Like it was crazy how high it was, but yeah, that's a, that's a really cool hole. Or at least the tee shot is. Hmm. All right. Well, anything else from, from that, I guess, you know, maybe the, the, the Rory to win the masters talks will now ramp up again. You know, it's just kind of how things go. It's just up and down to, you know, Won a tournament now. Rory's the favorite, you know, kind of a thing. So, gonna win it. Tim's gonna have to eat. Tim's gonna have to eat shit when Rory wins the Masters after his. He'll never win a major again. Comments for last year. Well, at least I'll probably lose some weight if I'm eating that kind of food. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I mean, you are. You eat chilies all the time. <laughs> what you're eating, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a lifestyle, all right? I was told you have to make it a lifestyle. Um, um, Mike, you want to uh, give a, a little some of your Tory Pines preview? Yeah, and if anybody from Chili's is listening, I know Timmy. You and both and Timmy have played it. We have. If anybody from Chili's quickly is listening, <laughs> no human on earth has tried harder to get a sponsorship from any anywhere than Tim has on Instagram with Chili's with a billion posts uh, uh, all the time. Come on, come on, Chili's, do the right thing. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, Chili's. It great, great color combos they have coming out on some of their merch. They have a legit merch site. It's pretty good. <laughs> Chili's does. Yeah. Get a Chili's no right Somebody's buying Chili's merch. What I actually, for? I actually own a, I own a Chili's polo, so it's so I can get in the kitchen. It's so I can walk back there. Jim, you got to wear a golfing so we can take a picture and then maybe. Get oh some- my god! You gonna? You, the have golf a, you have a Chili's polo. You have a Rocket Mortgage polo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I you can be bought. We, we've been we've been pursuing sponsors for ages. <laughs> By the way, our Swanee stuff still isn't here. Yeah, uh, I figured. It, there. I figured if I won't get sponsored, I'll just pretend that I did. <laughs> that is, that <laughs> Rocket is, mortgage that, rates beating beating the competition, is, folks. If you're looking if, to if, uh, <laughs> refinance, <laughs> if the listeners want to go way back to early episode, that was on Tim and I's. How to get into how to get into country clubs is you buy the merch on like eBay and you look like a member. You just walk around and act like you're a member and just walk right out there. Absolutely. So with this Chili's polo, I'm walking right back to the kitchen and stealing me a fajita platter. <laughs> All right. Tory Pines. Uh yeah. You know, Tim and I have played it. Tim's played it what last year? Yeah, last March. I played it in two thousand six. So it's Jeez. it's uh it's <laughs> been a it's been a while. Changed. It's a lot different golf course than when I played it. Um, but yeah, I got I, the picks article will come out tomorrow sometime. It is a Wednesday start this week, Wednesday through Saturday. I'm guessing they just didn't want to compete with the NFL on Sunday, more than likely. Uh, smart by them. Um, it's kind of so the first two days they play the North course and the South course. The South course is like legit big boy golf course like major championship venue um 7000 i think it actually tips out at like 7765 yards they can play it at and it's only one of two courses on tour that is uh 7500 yards with greens that are 5000 square feet or less that so it's Torrey Pines and Muirfield Village which are both difficult uh, and I believe the scoring average over the last four years, I went back today and I averaged them out uh, on this for the tournament was about 14.25 under par wins it. So, you know, it's not the Amex or the Sony or the, any of that stuff. It's legit like championship level golf. Um, South course has, Seven par fours over 450 yards, three par threes over 200 yards, two par fives over 600 yards. And it's got POA greens, which get kind of bumpy and stuff. So the California kids will know how to play those. And it's got rough that's, if you've ever played there, is is not easy to play out of. So it's a legit, 
like championship level, major championship golf course. The North course is easy. Uh, you to contend, you got to tear up the North course the one day you play it. I believe um, the North course last year had ten holes that averaged under par for the field, where the South course only had two. They're both they were both the two shorter par fives. So. These are drastically different golf courses. I have not, I have not played the North. I've only played the South, the big one. Tim has the, played the, the North. North. Tim can, Tim can chime in. The North front is is like you're playing a muni. It's not, it's not particularly interesting. It's, it's fairly straight. Everything's directly ahead of you. Uh, the back is is wonderful. Um, it it very much matches some of the the feel that you get on the South with elevation changes and. Uh, views of the ocean but yeah the the front is my my goodness even even the three of us could squeeze out uh, a one over two over par tournament conditions on the front wow that's that's it's not yeah yeah, it's Um, not if you hit the fairway if the rough isn't grown up which they don't grow it up that much for the farmers compared to the u.s open it's it the front or the the front at uh the north course is very very gettable yeah, I mean, I think to me, and it's, like I said, it's been a long time since I played it, and they have redone it and made it better. Uh, and Tim can maybe disagree with me on this or, or agree with me. I don't know. I found it to be, it's a really good golf course. It's a really challenging golf course, the South we're talking about, but kind of boring. You know, you got your, you got your, you got your holes along the along the cliffs, kind of that are cool. The one par three is cool, but so many holes that I remember just kind of go back and forth side by side and they're very similar. It's there's not a lot of, you know, like what you would call great architectural holes or it's kind of boring, um, but it is a big boy golf course and it's a championship level golf course it truly is. Um, I don't know. Maybe Tim disagrees on that, but I found a lot of, it's kind of boring. A lot of holes. I, a lot of things have changed since, since you were there, Reese Jones came in and it was kind of his era of, of tiger proofing courses for open championships or for the open for other other majors and he he added slopes and quite a bit of bunkering that helps distinguish between the holes but i i'd say you're spot on a lot of the holes feel fairly similar they do run back and forth from each other and really it just it depends on how much they grow up the rough uh that that's kind of the determining factor of holding the greens um and if the wind is up, so we'll we'll see with these guys. But uh, it is it is very much worth it to try to get out and play. For those listeners that are here, it's going to be very tough. Obviously, the courses have garnered a lot of popularity, and for us out of towners, uh, you have two weeks out to book your time. Whereas if you're a local, you get a full thirty days and a discounted rate. Which yeah, I, that's the... I gotta be. That's kind of bullshit, right? I mean, why? I understand making golf available to locals because it's where you live, but everyone's coming to your state to try to play this place. And that is the key is fine. If you have family or find somebody that lives in that like County or whatever and have them make the tea times. So, Cause like when I played it long time ago, uh, I have a relative who lives in San Diego. So he goes, give him my address. So I went and got a twilight rate one night and gave him the local address. And this is before the Tiger Woods U.S. Open, so you know it wasn't as big. I think the Twilight Green fee then was like $38 for a local resident. I'm sure it's probably over 100 now, but it's not like crazy. 
for no, locals. It's, it's, I think it's less than a hundred at the North for twilight. Um, especially for local residents. The issue now is there's a card you have to apply for and they'll issue a scannable card uh, for, for resident rate. But if you know a guy that can make you a card, much like in the same way, there's some good fake IDs out there. There's two (laughs) things I would get faked. One, a uh, driver's license with me less than 30 years old for my first country club initiation cost. Uh, Two, would be a uh, a San Diego resident card, so I can make tea times whenever I want. Uh, yeah, I mean, this event, Homo won last year. He shot 66 on Sunday. If you remember, he was just knifing, like, four irons in on those long par threes, like, hitting cuts over the gorge and stuff into those small greens. He was just money. But, um, yeah, it's a decent field. It's not, not an elevated event this year. That's next week at Pebble Beach. But you've got Morikawa, Xander, Jason Day, Ludwig, um, uh, Keegan Bradley, Patrick Cantley. There's some pretty good players playing this week, so it should be entertaining. All right. Well, I always like. Uh, I always feel like this. You know, the Amex is in this. In the Hawaiians are kind of like to me, like just like a warm up. Like it's not. You know, it's golf, but it's. I feel like this is the first tournament where I'm like, I kind of get more invested. Like it's all right. This is a big boy dog court, big boy course. Um, you know, yeah, it's a good run. It's a good four week run now. I like the fact that you can't like, you know, if you don't hit the fairway, sometimes you can't just get on every par five. Like you've got to uh, can't go for that one. Now I got to lay up. So sometimes I know Bryson kind of proved that wrong. He, he was going all over the place when he had that. I think he played here. Played really well in the U.S. Open there, for and then had a meltdown on the back. Was it not last night? Uh, is this here's a good question for you? Is this the best one month stretch of golf of the season coming up? You go swing. You go Torrey Pines, then you go Pebble Beach, then you go down to Waste Management, then you go back up to Genesis at at Riviera. The only the only other month I can think of that maybe be better would be like U.S. Masters Open, RBC. Yeah, RBC. Maybe, but you go. There's a month about a month with the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. You know that has like travelers in there. That's a that's a good run too. But these like four deers, events are deers all, in there. Deers in there. I deer, put that yeah. above it. These are all four. Like I don't think TPC Scottsdale is very good course, but it'll be a good field. And it's a good event because of the atmosphere. So this is a really good run of golf coming up the next month here. Yeah, good point. And none of it being majors either. It is it is probably yeah, no the majors. PGA tour events, you know, in, in consecutive to watch for sure. Because we get to the dog days of summer, it's just like another Yeah, know. well then they get to the, they go to the floor they go to Florida swing after this and I, I don't know. Not Bay in Hill the, swing. the back end Bay of Hill, Florida is pretty Bay Hill good, good got... field, sawgrass. Yeah, you've got players, you've got Bay Hill, and then you've got Masters yeah. all in. Yeah, that's a fairly a month good month long stretch there too. Yep. I love the player song. I can't wait to hear the player song. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. Well, you know, the other news I was a couple other things here before you close up shop. I'm just gonna mention, you know, the ageless one, Bernard Longer is gonna hang it up after the Masters this year. Speaking of the Masters, um, he's done. I think he's sick of coming in from hybrids from everywhere. Um course is just too big for him i know that he you know is still playing at a very elite level but when you just like the, the, these guys i mean how old is he? he's got to be dang near 70 now i mean high mid 60s high 60s trying well, to play and, that. 
Maybe we can get him on the pod for, because what, what, from what I can tell, his agent's office is about two minutes from my house. So uh, I'm looking at the list right here. It's his agent's in Minnetonka. So maybe we can get him on the pod, old Bernhard. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe just before you play your last Masters, hit us up. Yep. But, um, yeah, so that was some news. And then this is the other one I want to touch, and I t- touched on it in the uh, in the intro here. But, you know, we've had these these transgender, you know, things that have hit the news, right? And we had this the, the transgender swimmer. We've had, you know, some other things pop up in the news. Uh, a Scottish-born transgender golfer has now, who has a dream of earning an actual LPGA tour card, um, just kind of won a f- tournament in Florida. Her name's Haley Davidson, the first male-born golfer to win a professional women's event, um, claimed the top prize at the NXXT Women's Classic at Howie in the Hills. Is that how you say that one, Tim? Which, yeah, it's uh, a, it's a they Florida play- course. Yeah, is they that how you say it? Howie in the Hills. Yeah, Howie so. in the Hills. Yeah, which course do they play? That I don't. I'm not sure, but anyways, as you can imagine, it's a big topic. In well, one of the big topics that's been discussed, and I I know that you know this is a touchy subject. I think the three of us would agree that we're just people that believe that you can be whatever you really want to be. I mean, nobody, we're not going to stop you. Nobody else is going to stop you. I just think it's. You know, in the game of golf, much like swimming as well, I mean, that's another one. It's just, you know, there's a reason why the, the men's game and the women's game varies in terms of, of distances, right? The men in their events have to play a lot further back than, than the women do. And that's I, that's nobody, it's just literally, that's fact. I mean, that's just, look at the distance of courses that each play, and there's a reason why. You know, the male natural body is designed to produce more power just the way it is i mean not to say that a woman cannot drive a man because i can tell you that right now that's i'm not very long but if you look at the top male versus the top female it's not that close i mean so with that being said you know now we're getting a you know a male born entering a women's tournament winning it and i think her quote was something like nobody really gets angry until somebody has success right and now now that uh you know that she won people are speaking out about it. So it's going to be a topic, I think, in this kind of new world that's developing and and how we're going to tiptoe around these situations. But being a father of two daughters myself, um, you know, I couldn't imagine having my, you know, daughter trying to, as she gets older, trying to compete in certain male sports. I just, you know, it's, it's a little bit different level, you know, like it does not say that they can't perform at a level that's high, but like you, when you, when you start crossing over that line, you know, it's going to be much more difficult for them to have success. And there's a reason for that. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. And I don't know about where you guys are at with all this stuff. I know we're not trying to ruffle any feathers or anything, but I just find that there's gotta be a line drawn here, whether it's, you know what, let's have a transgender league. I, I don't care. I mean, it just, but when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, the 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 male switching over, they might feel that they're a female. And they can be a female if they want, but not when it comes to sports because bodies are different. And that's where I stand with it. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of allowing it just because of that reason. I have no other problems with them doing what they want to do. But um 
that's kind of where I stand as I guess being a girl dad. That's just kind of my feelings. What so I've think? I've got I've got two things on this one. One, they played they played El Campeon. Of course, really? we're familiar with here at the podcast, and I've got a newsletter coming out on. Not that I'm chasing Haley's score, I'm chasing Charlie Wood's score, but uh, we'll have that out here in a few days for those lucky subscribers. And I know there's a lot of you now. Uh, thank you for your your forced or unforced support of our newsletter. Uh, number two is I'm I'm looking up some of some of Haley's stats here. And I've I've got this. So she underwent reassignment surgery in 2021 um, after she started hormone therapy five years prior. And she said that she's lost 30 yards from her driver and about 15 miles per hour of club head speed. And I'm wondering, when do we sign Mike up for reassignment surgery? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, I don't want to that way. Something. That way we're all in the same boat. <laughs> I prefer, that's how far I prefer, to be able to, I prefer to be able to stay podcasting. I don't want to get kicked off of the, the airwaves for this. I do. Folks, he just um, wants to pee standing up. That's all he wants. That's it. Yep. I, you know, they. I did see that that NXXT tour, whatever it is, has said that they're going. She's going to undergo additional testosterone testing for compliance. Does it? Do you have? Do you have driver distance numbers? No, it didn't. It didn't list anything specifically, but. I, it, it, Charlie Hull put a piece up, at, and I apologize. This might not even be her. It could have been off of a fame me, fake meme account. But um, it, Haley's hitting her or carrying her three wood all of two hundred and forty yards. So it's not it's not astronomical distance by any means. Yeah, probably a little longer than some. I, I don't know. I mean, that's not that's not that far. Like, there's oh. probably there's probably. I mean, it probably is. It's probably pretty far for most LPG, but there's got to be a few that might, like Ann Van Dam. She kills it with the driver. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess um, we don't. We don't have to make this about genders. You can just say that carrying a three wood two forty is pretty far, and I'd be like, thank you, I appreciate that. I actually carry it two forty five. Well, you carry it two eighty. Remember when you went in the creek on Dalvian? <laughs> yeah, a terrible caddy. <laughs> No, but I think I think the problem is the where do you, where do, where does that line end? I mean, can anybody just say I want to participate? I I mean, nobody's probably will. It's just at some point though, you have to have this a line that's drawn. I I don't I don't know how. I mean, maybe it, maybe it is the testosterone. Like you got to test them. If they're under a certain number, then they're good to go. If they're over a certain number, then they can't, and so they have to work to get under that number. I don't know what the answer is. I just know that by allowing this to happen, there could be some, you know, it's like they say that it's like opening up a can of worms and who knows where this is going to, you know, further go. So I don't know if there just needs to be a little bit of identifying the, the hormone levels or, or what, but definitely be something that I think if that gets established, you know, then maybe we have something, you know, maybe there is something that we can, we can do for that. But, um, I think you're onto something, Jeff. What's that? I think you're onto something. I think that uh, I think that testosterone's the key here, not necessarily for this, but for all of our weight loss journeys. I think we just get on a little bit of that stuff. I'll do a T test. How much testosterone we have? I need some Adderall so I can just not eat, and then I'll be fine. Yeah, I, Mike, I, you know, I, I was, I was that guy for a while. You know, I haven't been on it for a while. 
it definitely gives you some really good ideas when you take it, you know, but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't sleep. You're right. off. You're off the Vivance. I have not. I, I stopped it mm, probably late summer. So here's I, a good question for you. with just... you guys out in Chicago. Wow. Oh, right. So this, so this brings up a good question. So it kind of makes not to, pivot off the controversial one but it makes you wonder let's say so the big complaint or i guess what what jeff said that separates men and women is the power the distance correct well, i think in well, any correct move i mean just look at I, the moves that people can do in any so sport I, there's a different level if you were if you were able to have a professional golf event with PGA tour players, LPGA tour players where tee shots all end up in roughly the same place. Okay. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like they all, they're all hitting from the same distance in basically how, where do you think the women stack up then in a finish with the men? If it's all, hitting to the same spot off the tee. So from that point in, it's all basically the same distance. Well, no, obviously you, the men, the men can hit higher lofted clubs probably in than the women. Things. So that's what I'm saying. That's the difference between you and I, Mike, where you're hitting a pitching wedge and I got to hit an eight iron or I got to hit a seven iron. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You, you have a scoring club. We, have a middle, I have a mid iron. We saw some of that too, for the first time this year. I thought, I thought what they put it, not this year, last year, I thought what they put together with mixed gender events was fantastic. We had we had men and and women teeing it up together and and generally playing from about the same place in the fairway. Um, and it was a pretty good mix. I think I think the the men had the the lowest two or three scores, but it was pretty well mixed between between both. I think that the truly only way to figure out how to make it as close as possible would be to find a golf course where you could make the green greens incredibly firm and fast, kind of like Bay Hill gets when it gets dried out, you know? So, but also, but also has run up spots in the front architecture, you know, where it's not like covered with bunkers in the front. So your lower hitter, your people hit it lower or longer clubs like women would from farther away could still run some shots in there. But then the man, wouldn't have this massive advantage of just hitting a high ball that just sticks and stops, you know, right where it, where it hits. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's probably no way you're going to, gonna, do it. you're going to hate this great course for that TPC, Louisiana. <laughs> and they already, ha- they already have the right format. Just intermix that LPGA PGA. I and think that'd be to, fantastic. Let's get this show on the road. We've kind of, we've kind of moved off the topic of the, the, That's right. but I think I, I, I think a mixed, Two-person event would be awesome. Would be absolute. I know they've done some things with the women. You know, like they did that one this fall um, where it was a team event, but that wasn't like, I don't know if everybody was really watching it because it's in the fall, you know, and no, nobody really cares about the fall golf, but I think that would be spectacular. It'd be really fun. I was just going to say, too, speaking of women, uh, Lydia Coe won at Lake Nona this week. So yeah, maybe this is the year of Lydia. Because yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I went out to the KPMG when it was at Hazeltine here a few years ago. Those ladies are fucking good. Like they are good. Yeah. And, and they do not like 
I think um, they probably lose distance off the tee. But, like, I was sitting there right on at Hazeltine hole 17, which was eight for the Ryder Cup if you played there. And I can't remember what the number was, but I remember listening to the caddies, and I was like, shit, they're not hitting – they're not hitting that much more club than I would hit here. I mean, they were hitting, they were hitting pretty good stock yardage with some irons there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be an ongoing thing until it's going to be an ongoing discussion in all sports uh, until uh, sports, some sports probably make some sort of rule where you can't do it. I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Well, until 2024. <laughs> well, that has nothing to do. I mean, I suppose Congress could somehow um, pass a some sort of law, but let's be realistic. Congress is going to flip it in 2024 more than likely anyway, because the current Congress has not even, they've barely brought a bill to the table. Uh -huh. Not to get That's political, the best government. But, That's the best but, government. <laughs> one that doesn't bring Congress, any bills to the, why do Congress, we have so many bills? Congress historically turns over a lot, flips around a lot. So it, more than likely, it's going to flip again in 2024, regardless of presidential stuff for the Senate. This is the way the Congress is usually. Anything else? What else we got? I, that's that's all I got. I, I all I know is it's going to be uh, 48, 7, 6 degrees around here soon, and 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 maybe the golf courses will open in January. It'll God, that'd be amazing. I mean, next next weekend, boys, we could probably play some golf. Like, yeah. I that's that's, that's technically February next weekend, I believe, like February 1st, 2nd. But the extended forecast is like 42 degrees a bunch of days in a row. And there's no snow in the forecast, and it's going to be warm. So there's going to be no – somebody's going to open up. At this pace, we are on – I looked this up today. Actually, I was interested. The, the, the least amount of snow ever recorded for a winter season, at which I believe they determined like – post Halloween until you know whenever in the spring at MSP airport Minneapolis sample airport is 22 inches of snow so far this year we have 7.1 inches total you know that's all that's snowed the whole time so we are at astronomically low levels of snow and with the warm weather coming I mean it's going to take some apocalyptic shit in February and March to keep us out from golfing. It's going to be a great Why would why would you say that? Oh, oh, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that knock on wood bullshit, Tim. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know I don't believe in a lot of bullshit. I'm a facts-based guy. Um and and the fact is there's no like what usually what usually sets us back in the spring is you 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 have you get we're going to get some snow in February for sure. And we're probably going to get some in March. But there isn't that crusty buildup of that old, you know, snow that's been sitting there just packed down, takes forever to melt. That's going to be, there isn't that. So anything that falls in February and March, you get, you get enough warm days and sun angles where that shit melts right away. So we're, I think we're good to go. Yeah, Tim, you could get the 200, 218 whole rounds in this year, possibly. Oh, that's, yeah. I have plans for that regardless. I, I suppose before we wrap up, uh, we are going to be at the Minnesota Golf Expo. Do you guys have the dates? It's not about the dates. It's about the experience. And uh, I got them. It's February 9th through 11th, I believe. 
So we will be, be there, there the 10th and 11th. 11th. Yes. 10th of the 11th. As always, we are looking for uh, any sort of fan feedback and what you want to hear about. If it's Jeff going off about two genders, we will make that happen. <laughs> live, live. <laughs> <laughs> big crowd. We want a big crowd for that, though. Uh, yeah. And we want protesters protesting Jeff, if possible. I would love I would love to see the look on Jeff's face. If a bunch of people came with like signs with him specific, with his name on them specifically, <laughs> we got protesters say, outside his house and the DEA breaking in the back. I'll just set up a little booth where we test the, the, the levels and they might be able to fit underneath them. They might be able to enter. We'll test the levels. So, yeah, we got guests lined up, and I believe I don't know if they'll have it like next year, but you can come and sit. And I think if if we had enough fans, people there. It'd be fun to do some like interactions and questions and see what, you know, whatever, see what they have to say, whatever they might bring up. Like that time when, when, you know, Mike had a rough patch and Tim won two matches. What do you think about that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Those are the hard hitting questions they want to hear. Also, we're going to be, is it confirmed? Are we going to be with uh, Doogie McShanks uh, hitting, hitting irons into 16 at uh, Waste Management? I'm not sure. We're going to do something on the simulators. I will say that we have we will um one confirmed guest is we'll have Larry Bobka. Uh we'll get to know him. We'll we'll go into more detail later about you know his yeah. story. He was Tigers Club Fitter. There you go. So I think that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. He'll be there live with us and then maybe a name that you've heard, been on the pod before, Emma Carpenter. Sounds like will be joining us Sunday. So if you'd show up Sunday, you know, um Sunday, Sunday. Yeah could be another one to, to follow i mean there's a lot of she's been getting her hands in a lot of different things and and continues to kind of get gigs in the media world and so she's she's uh no you know no uh, stranger to to podcast that's for sure so was it was it sunday night raw or was it monday night raw monday, monday night. how's this going come on tim. uh come on tim man sorry you're from sorry. iowa <laughs> you're from iowa there's, there's no real sport right there's no real professional sports teams there. So oh no, no! Big, I I watched wrestling growing up. I was coming off big, the, well, was big the top of the couch. It's all about You're coming off the top buckle of the couch, just slamming down onto your best friend. Like mankind, like 10 with you, like mankind. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. When I was growing up in in you know the '90s, when I was growing up in the '90s, it was all about uh, who is it? Uh, it. Who do we have? Uh, I know. I, I Triple can see H, Tim. Uh, oh God. Jeff, can't you see a young Timothy at home up on the couch with the arms out like Jimmy the Superfly Snooker? Ready to ready to, ready to take ready to take off, just take flight. <laughs> I I just picture Tim walking down the aisle like Sean Michaels, you know, just that <laughs> yeah, that's, I, he he thinks of himself like Sean Michaels too in the theme song. I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy. Sexy. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like what Tim Tim probably sings that to himself every morning in the mirror. Not lately, though. He's one. He's almost one eighty now. So yeah, yeah. I'm just pointing to myself in the mirror, like you fat son of a bitch. Like, what are you doing? Now he's the earthquake. Now he's the earthquake guy. (laughs) (laughs) The big big fat guy just sat on people. Uh, I could talk. I could talk pro wrestling for hours, man. I used to watch that shit all the time when I was a kid back in the day. With Sting. Yeah, some good ones. All right, well, folks. have a great rest of your week uh, watching, uh, you know, we're going to be heading out to, well, I guess no, we're not going to be, but the tour heads of Torrey Pines, that should be fun. 
uh, the the West Coast is always a good swing and and yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be uh, hopefully a good. Take care. Have a great week. And I guess the difference between seven and eight is everything. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold race. Yeah, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.